Hello and welcome to the Games Bucket Podcast, level 27. I thought you guys were past level 27 when you went on Hiatus. I don't remember why I said Hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like something I would do. (laughs) No, you're actually on the Concast. We are not on Hiatus, though it probably seems that way if you are one of our many, many subscribers. Uh, Josh, why don't you tell them why? Uh, because technical difficulties that were Josh. beyond my control. Uh-huh. And by beyond my control, meaning I didn't write the plug-in that records our podcast. <laughs> so I think if we call it Tiddles Cast, then you can just kind of you can make up for the fact that all I ever do is go... And then, and then, and then other people talk. Hi, sure. Marvin. Sure. 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 With our special guest today, Alan Alytics. (laughs) (laughs) Alan Alytics is the best. (laughs) Today we're going to do a podcast all about business analytics. It will be only mildly less interesting than our usual podcast. Wait, did we start? Sure. As as far as I'm concerned, we started when you introduced us as the Games Bucket Podcast. (laughs) I thought that was great. (laughs) I laughed. Yeah, so uh, let's pick up where we didn't leave off. Let's pick off where we pick up where we started last time, and then we'll try to hey, do something. Cool. Hey, 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 guys! What have you been playing? Okay, Navi. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Luna, shut up. <laughs> I miss Luna. What's more than this job? What, whatever happened to us playing Left 4 Dead before Neil got a new job? I still haven't gotten whatever a new job. Happened, well, technically, that's true. Yeah. Whatever happened to us playing anything? Ever. True. Well, what are you playing right now? I just asked you that. You do your crap game first, and then I'll tell you a good one. <laughs> I'm playing it too. Yeah, Neil and I are playing Cookie Clicker. Cookie Clicker? Oh my god, what's that? <laughs> it's the thing that you've been hearing about for weeks and you hate. I got a clock. This is awful. That's right. Now I remember. <laughs> So, Cookie Clicker is an HTML browser game uh, where you click cookies and oh, and then when build you... really complicated spreadsheets to track your cookies. <laughs> no, that's just you. But then I borrow <laughs> said spreadsheets. <laughs> when you yeah. upgrade to the version one point oh three seven five, I'll send you my updated spreadsheet. Ooh, thank goodness. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know it's one of You're those wrong. like resource consumption games. Uh, it's like Farmville, but you don't have to bug your friends constantly to play it. Remember when I stopped playing Minecraft because I said I only wanted to play games that had a defined end? <laughs> Is that why you stopped playing Minecraft? Eh, I don't know. You stopped playing it well after the rest of us did, I think. I think it was... I, I needed this. Minecraft because I hated all of you. <laughs> I think I really just needed a game that wasn't a time sink, and then this happened. <laughs> Well, that's the thing about Cookie Clicker is it's only a time sink if you really want it to be. You can just kind of sit there after a while and let it run itself and then, you know, buy things with the cookies that you recruit while you're not watching. Yeah, but like me, you can play for a couple of days and then just go, what am I doing with my life? One of my friends at work has at least two instances of it running simultaneously (laughs) in different browsers. I don't know why. She can't explain why, but she's doing it anyway. Yeah. No, um, I did. I'm not that far. I bet I have more cookies than she does, though. Oh yeah, I have more cookies than she does because 
you introduced it to me, and then I introduced it to my office, and then my office kind of ground to a halt for a few days, and now there's just a few people playing it still. Yeah, I'm selling <laughs> my shares in your company. No cap. <laughs> As well you should. I work there. <laughs> Marvin just grabbed my watch off the desk and ran away with it. it Marvin is... is a cat, for those who are not aware. He's my cat. Marvin Let's make him do this. It's, it's not like some dude just broke into Neil's apartment and stole his watch. My $15 ladies champion watch that I bought at Target on Monday. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow, you're really uh, working stereotype there. <laughs> it was five dollars cheaper for no reason at all than the men's version. I'd like to imagine it being just very delicate and dainty on your wrist. <laughs> it's got a smaller band, but I have pretty tiny wrists. So... Is it lavender? No, it's black and gray. Oh, okay. There's like, literally no reason for it to be called a ladies watch, except that it was like this is for ladies. But yet you immediately called it out. So yeah, because it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I also was scowling. No, I'm kind of grinning, but also falling asleep. <laughs> not because, not because you're boring me. Well, not just because you're boring me. Yeah, that, that'll be later. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. we'll hit the actual topic of the podcast, and then you'll fall asleep. Yeah, and then, then Neil and I will just cackle at each other for forty minutes. I'm lying. Don't want to get <laughs> okay, Tiddles, what are you playing? Are you playing a real game? Tell us you're playing a real game. Oh, but before that, talking oh, about resource management and spreadsheets made me think, Neil, I think a game you would probably maybe, possibly, I think you might enjoy, Uh is one of the X-series games where you fly spaceships around the vastness and dullness of space. And I say that because... (laughs) Because apparently we like vastness and dullness. Well, yeah, but also um, not only do you fly a little spaceship, but you then buy a bigger spaceship, but not only do you then buy a bigger spaceship, is you buy trading chips, and then you send them off trading, and then, and then, and then, when you've traded your commodities in the dynamic economy, then you buy factories, and then you link the factories together into complexes, and it made me think of it, because you were talking about the cookie clicker spreadsheets, and people did loads of big interactive spreadsheets for for um, X3, which I played quite a lot of, but I really just like flying the spaceship, so I never got into the whole trading and building an empire thing. But that That's bit the best of it is really. I've ever heard. Yeah, well, there you go, right? It seems I'm to not me even that if, if a game is that reliant on spreadsheets, it should have its own spreadsheet engine built in. Isn't Eve Online basically a spreadsheet simulator? Oh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like Eve Offline, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've not played either, but actually that rings a bell. I think I've heard somebody make that comparison before. Yeah. I've I've certainly talked about X3 before and probably many years ago vainly tried to get some people to play it with, with no luck. I mean it is it can be quite dull at times. But it's it's a good if you I mean, people in the States don't seem quite as familiar with the kind of long progeny of Elite and Frontier and all that kind of thing, but if you like that kind of flying around a dynamic-ish world and upgrading shit and that kind of thing. <laughs> it's a good game. It's a good game. In fact, Are you playing about, it now? It's about three good games because X3 is like they made X1, X2 and X3 like two or three other versions of X3 because why not? Your mouse no, clicking not. is extremely irritating now. I did it on purpose. Okay, good. It's not what I'm playing. It was like Move on, move on. Shut up about the space game. Um, <laughs> it's not what I'm playing now. I'm playing Grand Theft Auto V without the funny accent I did last time because it was ridiculous. Uh, not that anybody else knows about that because it got lost in space. 
I don't even remember it. Spaceships. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, most people forget most things I say within the next five minutes. I don't know why I'm even telling you about this, but GTA V is a load of splendid fun. I think it's, well, it's, I think it's the best GTA I've played, and I really like GTA. So, good. <laughs> and you can be three different people, and they're all kind of interesting, but the server's yeah. a bit disturbing. But disturbing in a sort of interesting, sometimes good, but sometimes just disturbing way. Can I ask you a question, Tiddles? No. Okay. Please go ahead. All right. So I linked you to that map of GTA V, and one of the comments on it was, haha, you cops can't catch me. Oh, shit, I'm not Franklin. What are the differences in the characters that like, would make that a thing to comment? That's a very good question, and it's something I forget about. Um, I forget about it while I'm playing, which sort of means I don't really do things as well as I should. But each character does have a special ability. Um, Franklin's special ability is that he can kind of when he's driving, you can kind of slow down time uh, for a brief period. And during that period, you also have exceptionally good handling. So he can use that to evade cops by sneaking into places that they can't reach, so to speak. That's pretty <laughs> uh, cool. By using his quick turn ability. It's really useful in street races, too. Uh, Michael, the uh, aged, retired gangster, uh, kind of has a similar thing, but uh, on foot, so he. Did you say Asian or aged? Aged. <laughs> <laughs> and you said gangster and not gangsta. <laughs> Whatevs. Um, <laughs> Race is important. Yeah, I think there's a very <laughs> clear distinction there. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's the white man. He's work all of that. He's he, yeah. He can do a sort of <laughs> shut up, slow down time to shoot people thing, and I believe they call that bullet time. Trevor has, so it's, it's pretty much bullet time, yeah. And Trevor has a sort of, um, his is an on-foot shooting thing as well, but his is a kind of more of a rage thing. So um, he becomes kind of strong and hard to take down while he activates his special ability and sort of all ragey and... Wait, what, is his rage the special ability? Yeah. So he, but he becomes strong and then activates his strong... <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it's Jeffrey. Hello, Where? Jeffrey. Not in the not in the talk. Just I know he's. I'm not. Yeah. Honest. See, here's a surprise for you listeners that DP is not aware of yet. He was yet again late, so he's going to yet again be mocked when he finally gets here. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> also, we're going to skip what he's currently playing, so we can actually get into the topic. I want to see what I'm currently playing. Oh, I thought you were just playing Cookie Clicker. Oh, oh FF5. Oh yeah, you're playing FF5. I love it. We talked about this last week when we recorded last week, and it didn't take. <laughs> I love FF5. I'm at the end of the second world. Uh, I just had to do X Death's Castle. I am doing it to take screenshots for the Caves of Narsh, but I also really like the game. Yay. Uh, it's my first time playing through on the GBA version. Definitely played before on the unplayable Final Fantasy anthology, <laughs> uh, and also on my secret ROM. <laughs> <laughs> Secret ROM. It's a secret to everybody. <laughs> That's basically it. I don't have anything to say. Good. Good. Now we can still skip on DP. And... <laughs> That's well. the point. I yes. know. I'll I'll be DP. Hello, I'm DP, and I've been playing books and and maybe choir and rowing. You had Jeffrey to the call. Oh, is he online now? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I didn't. I, last time I looked, he wasn't online yet. That was like three minutes ago. Shut up, people. What? Who was that? Oh, damn it. Okay, so that was DP joining us for a second. Um, yeah. so, wait, is he is he back now? Oh, this is the best one. Hi. DP? Oh, there we go. Jeez. I am here. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, this is all terrible. This is oh. I already did what you're playing. I said it was books and quiet and maybe rowing. Is that right? No. Okay, well, what too do you late. Mean, no, <laughs> yeah, you're you're late. So not in a book. You're late, so it doesn't matter what you're playing. We're going oh. to the topic now, and you guys can all shut up. I already said what it was. It's Agent Under Fire. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Agent Under Fire. It was Night Fire. What? That's okay. They're pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Night Fire. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you guys may recall from when we actually last successfully did a podcast that uh, we talked a little bit about opening things up to um, the listeners by offering a mailbag kind of feature where the people reach out to us and they give us a topic to talk about and we talk. We've been wanting people to reach out to us for like about the last nine years and nobody has. <laughs> well, that kind of brings me to my point. I we we introduced this whole mailbag thing and we didn't actually get any no, feedback did. from it. So. We got a huge one that you're about to introduce, right? Um, Josh. Sure. I, I... <laughs> yeah, we could Wait, are we recording that. right now? Yes. Yeah, we've been recording for like 20 minutes. Okay, cool. We, we were going to wait on you. No, I know you were already, but I wasn't sure if like this was being... Okay, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> well, I was until you asked questions. No, no, no. It's and authentic. then we digressed. Now, since we didn't have a mailbag, uh, we did actually find a pretty cool topic on the forums that uh, was started by longtime con member Metroid Morphball. And He's cool dude. That's not yeah, what you yeah, called him last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you missed it. Do it again. Yes, do it again. I, I was, was, I was very careful to get it right this time. I think you called him Methball. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we um, we had a good topic come up, and you know now of course uh, I'm having trouble finding it on the con forums. But I think I actually did. The topic is: Are the best Squeenix games now coming out on handhelds? Thank you, Neil. You are good at clicking. You're welcome, hey, Neil. Yeah. And I say um, no. Wait, what did I say? No, I say yes because you say you say objection according to your Skype picture, and I just. I, I ended with yes. I say potato. You say potato. I think we should just call the whole thing off. Done. Oh, Later. That's, that's seeming increasingly sensible. Oh. <laughs> Actually, it was seeming increasingly sensible in like July, but yet we're still doing these. Yeah, well, it's an excuse for each other. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Neil asked the question already. Uh, MMB said... To me, it seems like the best Squeenix games in recent years have been coming out on handhelds. The advanced remakes, the DS remakes, which are now available on mobile, uh, in certain cases, of course. Mobile. Yeah, I don't know why I pronounced it that way. Sometimes, I, I don't know. I don't this know. happens to me. I, um, I, I, think we I, should, I think we should rule out maybe remakes, though, from the conversation. And you guys can disagree with it. I mean, it's, I disagree. We can debate it. I think, personally, maybe we should just because I don't think that if we look at the full company, I don't think that they're putting a lot of their force. Oh, I don't think they're putting a lot of their labor force into 
production of, of remakes. I think that's a fairly... What in the name of God was that? <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. I think it's gotten funnier the longer we try to hold it in. We're going to have to redo this entire thing. No, no, we, we're doing that already. I can't do it a third time. This is it. <laughs> but, but that's a good point, DP. I, it, it is. I, that is a distinction you can make. Uh, you could also make a distinction between, uh, you know, whether you consider only you know gaming specific handhelds like a 3DS or a Vita versus you know the mobile phone or tablet platform. Yeah, I, I think you could probably draw other distinctions as well as to what you would want to include and what you wouldn't want to include in that. But I think it's probably safest if we just start with everything. I would actually include some of the remakes as long as it was a big enough change. So, like, yeah. thinking about FF4DS, it was basically an entire yes. remake of the game. Um, whereas FF4 Complete on the PSVP, while I really liked it, everything that was included, aside from, like, the graphical remakes, was basically already released on FF4 Advance. Yeah. And it seems yeah, that's true. Like, aside from after years, of course. Right, but I don't count. Yeah, which is different. Awful. Yeah, yeah Neil, Neil pretends that doesn't exist. It seems like a long time since I've thought about this, but um, your FF3DS, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was indeed. a complete remake. And, yeah. yeah, And that not that actually the first time 3 has actually been out in the West? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Unless yeah. there that's, was a that's... Wonder Swan? Unless there was a what? Unless there was a Wonder Swan, but I don't even know if that came out. Well, that, that wouldn't uh, have been uh, out in the West They either. weren't even translated. So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they didn't even finish that, did they? That's why it never got converted to anthology. It was only a mediocre swan. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a base screenshot of it, but it was never published or possibly never finished. But, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it, it is a good point that... You can't just say, oh, the best old games came out, so therefore, yes, because they can't make anything that's good. Although I would be tempted to say that anyway. And they, I mean, <laughs> I think the question is, is Square Enix doing its best work on handhelds right now? And I mean, that kind of implies that they're actually doing work, you know? The, the idea, I don't know that ports really qualify in the same sort of sense. I mean, it seems to me Semantic that the question nonsense. is... <laughs> I'm an English major, this is what I do. I'm quoting Final Fantasy VI, which you wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Sega are pretty famous for just re-releasing Sonic 1 on anything they can and um, Doom gets ported to everything and you don't exactly think John Carmack's had his hand in it so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good distinction, just, just straight ports where yeah. there isn't really any new content or where they've just got some third-party development studio to throw in an extra dungeon or something You know, it's, it's a slightly different... Um, well, you know that's Thank interesting. You. That that makes me wonder, you know, which uh, which of these remakes might have actually been built in house. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question, so you probably hear yeah. me typing, trying to find <laughs> out right now. <laughs> that is an interesting question, actually, because I know a lot of particularly remakes and ports get a lot of outsourcing and kind of just added content type bits. So, yeah, yeah. surprise. Well, maybe we should just maybe we should. So, let's perhaps uh, there's some work involved, but maybe we should just rule them out on. The basis of what we've been talking about, and just sort of benefit of the doubt type. I saw. To be fair, I mean, there's there's almost no point ruling them out now because we spent about a quarter of an hour talking. About well, them, so. um, in order to just, rule them, they've out. been pretty well considered. 
J- just for a point of reference, um, I will say that the PSP Final Fantasy IV that Neil was just mentioning uh, was, according to Wikipedia, developed as a joint production between Squeenix and a company called Bullets that I've never heard of. So, um, is it the, spelled wrong? D- no. Okay, the uh, the good. DS version was um, Squeenix and Matrix Software. So, I mean, I think that you're probably right. A lot of this remake work was shunted off onto outside companies, but you know, I don't think it was a fire and forget sort of thing. Yeah. So, I I, th- I think you kind of have to give Squeenix a little bit of credit, even for the you know garbage ones. Uh, and there's certainly some garbage ones that they've been putting out, uh, whether it's a remake or a you know, quote unquote, new game. All the bravest. The bravest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, there, there's one that illustrates that they may not be doing their best work on handheld. And even if, if they were same... releasing things on a regular system, that would be negative points towards them, and the regular system would win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well, think. No, I... Sorry. Go ahead, David. I was just going to say to to sort of move from that spot in the discussion. Um, I think. One of the things, at least, that we mentioned last time when we were talking was what actually has come out for, you know, in general, before we talk about the quality of specific titles, what has come out for console versus what has come out for uh, the handhelds. Um, so I brought up my uh, handy-jandy uh, Square Enix release chart again, um, and it seems like basically... Handy-jandy? Handy-jandy. Handy You're so Andy. well prepared. It's almost um, as if we've thought through this before. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, basically, if we look at it, like there's been a major console release each year, basically, uh, for the past few years. We had A Realm Reborn this year. Uh, I love that they named it that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's... They should have just called it Final Fantasy XIV. Whoops. <laughs> yep. Uh, later this year, there's going to be Lightning Returns. So even if you don't count a Realm Reborn, there's oh, yeah. there's still there's still that. And then uh, it looks like thirteen uh, two came out late in 2011. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, let's see, the original Final Fantasy thirteen uh, came out in spring of 2010. So really, as far as console games go, at least in the Final Fantasy series, they've been um, at the same really. I guess decent rate that they've been, uh, you know, it's it's the same rate that they were at, say, when they were making PlayStation titles. The interesting thing, though, is even on their main console systems, they're still remaking games <laughs> like Kingdom yeah. Hearts HD 1.5 remakes. Yo, yo is not in the title. <laughs> like even on that, they're still in the interest of remaking games. They're remaking, and it's hard to count this as console specific, but FF10 and FF10 2, but yeah. that's going to be on both PS3 and Vita. Yeah, but <laughs> using the same using the same. Uh, it's the same game. It's right. That, yeah, except the international version of... That, yeah. <laughs> oh, give me, so give me, give me. I know. Uh, on the other hand, though, there are a lot... Um, again, just scrolling through, there are a lot of um, different mobile games that have come out. Um, if we're looking at DS... Uh, not mobile, sorry. Um, looking at handheld. If we're looking at, say, the DS, there's been two different Kingdom Hearts games... There's been those full remakes in recent history for Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy III. Uh, there was the after years for Final Fantasy IV. There was that Final Fantasy XII spinoff thing that I can't ever remember the name of. <laughs> There's been Decidia games. Um, uh, well, third birthday. Uh, 
just to jump in for a second, it's worth pointing out that the After Years started as a virtual console game, so it was on Wii well before it showed up on any sort of handheld. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's how it started. It was an episodic game that um, was released on the Wii Virtual Console. It was virtually terrible. (laughs) Didn't they do it on Japanese mobiles before that? Or am I thinking of something else? You just wanted to say that word. Maybe that's why I said I, I listened to you too much. That's why I said mobile. That's <laughs> the worst said. American ever. Yay. I'm the only one who says mobile. mobile. It's not, not you, is it? So I DP just listed off, you know, a fairly sizable collection of games there, and I mean, some of them I think you would consider being pretty good, and some of them I think you would probably consider not being very good. <laughs> Sorry, Dragon I, Dragon Quest Two, uh, as well, not number two, but. In addition, Dragon Quest, which a couple of those ones have been called pretty good. Sorry, just a, a bit more of a substantial one that I'd left off. Well, yeah, and uh, Dragon Quest Nine was an exclusive handheld release, um, yeah. which is the first time that either of those two Squeenix franchises have had like a, a real numbered game in their series be released somewhere other than consoles first. So they've, they've definitely... It seems like they've been staying on track, I guess, with... Final Fantasy series on the console, but they seem to be doing a lot more on the handhelds. And it's arguable, I think this is something that we mentioned last time too, but it's it's arguable, like, I'm not seeing really a whole lot of titles for the console that aren't Final Fantasy, that are true Square Enix titles. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we were thinking about was, if you thought back to the PS1 era, then Square used to produce not just some of the main numbered Final Fantasies, but they also came out with things like Vagrant Story and Parasite Eve and some of the other things that people remember that I don't. And the Chrono it seemed series. like, well, yeah, I guess so. And and it seemed like they were kind of they were experimenting with some different stuff um, in a way that maybe on the main consoles they don't seem to be doing so much now. If as long as you ignore you know the IDOS stuff, which is obviously totally different because they open. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, since that was a just uh, here, sign your checks over to us right, sort of thing. Pretty much. Well, if you consider the the actual, you know, first party, what did I call it? Um, boring JRPGs that no one wants to play anymore. Uh, then that kind of experimentation and different stroke stuff seems to have gone more in the mobile arena. And I think the, the world ends with you is one that particularly merits oh, being called out because. You know, it's it's got a Final Fantasy-ish story structure, but at the same time, there's quite a different uh, setting and atmosphere and a, a different structure to the story. And the the gameplay, while still kind of vaguely random battle-ish, is a lot more involved in terms of what you do to win that battle, and is a lot less than just a, a lot more than picking items from a menu. There's a lot of physical interaction and, and choices of how you can go about that. So, and you know, it looks like maybe some of the ideas they've got from things like that are, are maybe what they're going to be folding into or trying to fold into newer console games. I mean, we've seen the FF15 trailers where it seems as if the combat is a little more kind of directly interactive, perhaps, than just yeah. news we think. Uh, and, you know, well, Nomura says it's, it's based off of Kingdom Hearts games, which... I mean, yeah. more recent ones, at least, have been handhelds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I mean, the last console, Kingdom Hearts, was what? Kingdom Hearts 2? That was PlayStation 2, I believe? Yeah, that was a while ago, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, obviously obviously the whole PlayStation 3 is essentially come and gone without um, an entry in that series. And all of the new, you know, the the new content in that series has been on handheld since um, PSP and Nintendo DS. That's true. And, oh, I guess Nintendo 3DS now as well. Yeah, that... Yeah that iteration came out. Um, and, you know, combining what you guys both just said, um, I think that there's a pretty interesting takeaway from that. You know, if you look back at the experimentation that you got on the PlayStation 1, where you still had three mainline Final Fantasy games, but you also had games like Parasite Eve, uh, Brave Fencer Musashi, Xenogears, um, Air Guys, Einhander, um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. All those games, you know, those were fairly new ground for the company at that time, and they were all coming out on mm-hmm. a console. But then you get more recent, and it seems like some of the more experimental stuff, like The World Ends With You, is coming out on a handheld. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of points a little bit towards um, trying to play it safe mm-hmm. financially by developing yeah. these more experimental games on platforms that should be a little bit less expensive to develop for. Now, when we've got like full HD consoles um, and you know the developing for different platforms now the way that Squeenix tends to do with you know games like Final Fantasy 13, obviously the development yeah. costs are going absolutely through the roof. Well, that's a very interesting point that, that we didn't really think about before. Um, and you're yeah. absolutely right. If you look at the amount of resource you have to spend producing a, a satisfactory game for a modern console platform, it, you know, it's clearly much higher than it used to be. And um, you see this not just with Square Enix, but um, a lot of other developers. You, you think about Rockstar and, you know, you had basically three Grand Theft Autos came out for PS2. And, well, we're just about getting to the second very much towards the end of the life of um, you know the 360 and PS3, it seems to be holding true for a lot of people. And you're right to make the point with Square Enix that for them, they were really only developing for one of the consoles, yeah. you know, back in the day. And now they're having to, because of the success or, or rather the failure of the PS3, if anything, compared to the Xbox, they've had to open themselves up a bit. Yeah, uh, and especially in that case, yeah. because... I think so. Yeah. Legend of is the back-in-the-day aspect, because when we're looking at, say, PS1, uh, which is what you've referenced for, for good reason here, Tittles, and we, first of all, the, the state of the handheld world was nothing near like what it is now. You couldn't yeah, do absolutely. a lot of these things that you can now do very easily on handhelds. You couldn't bring something from a handheld to the console because the worlds were so completely different. Um, yeah. Whereas you now you can, right. first of all, and and secondly, I mean, back then it was a lot cheaper to make a PS1 game. You yeah. didn't have to worry about trying things out and maybe they don't work. Whereas now, you can't make a full console game of you know just trying things around because you're going to bankrupt yourself. But if that's the case, then why isn't so, uh, Square Enix really doing all that much with the Vita? Like, they're porting FFX and FFX2, but they basically ignored the system other than that. I think possibly because consumers have also ignored the system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think the Vita's just now kind of 
taking yeah. off a little bit. I mean, and it it had some quality games um, even before. I mean, obviously bringing Uncharted to it, it was a bit of a system mover, mm-hmm. I think, because you know, Sony people love themselves some Uncharted. Uh, it's a really good question. Uh, and maybe the answer is because the Vita is a more advanced handheld, and it's not quite as acceptable there to roll out things like remakes, even when they're a fairly interesting concept of a remake like uh, Final Fantasy 3 and Final Fantasy 4 were for the DS. That's very true, but at the same time, they have a lot of original non-remake games on the 3DS. Like, basically the entirety of the Dragon Quest series has moved over to the 3DS at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Theater Rhythm has one game, it's getting a second one. Oh, see, yeah, that's one we completely forgot, was... uh... However you want to pronounce it. I pronounce it Theatrhythm. I don't actually know how you're supposed to pronounce um, it. You know, we've got uh, Kingdom Hearts games, I think at least more than one, on uh, on the 3DS itself. We've got Chocobo Racing. We've got Bravely Default coming out soon. Like, they've got a yeah. lot of IPs going on over there. And a uh, sequel for Bravely Default as well. Oh, really? Already? Uh, even though, yeah, even though the first one's not out here yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and if I if I ever get around to writing tidbits again, since it's been like three weeks again now, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that I have some news to cover on that. Interesting. I'm looking at what they've done on just the PlayStation, the PSP. I mean, because that was where Final Fantasy Type O was released, and they've done a couple Kingdom Hearts things, but it's been a couple years since that has happened. Obviously, so it's yeah, it is odd yeah. that that they have been so DS heavy in the things they've been doing. So I don't know if maybe that is an easier way for them to try things out, maybe, or, or I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Typo is an interesting case in that regard, because that's something yeah. that we still don't know if we're getting over here. Not, but, uh, yeah, God. Yeah, and from everything I've heard, Shame. that game is something that fans of older school Final Fantasy should really like. Um, it seems like again from what I'm hearing and I haven't heard much recently because it's been out so friggin long in Japan I mean it's already a generation care it's coming up on two Uh, years release to go in 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 Japan itself well you know and we'll we'll be optimistic for the time being Um, it it seems like the uh, the setting might be somewhat similar to Final Fantasy 8 with some more classic style Final Fantasy gameplay. And now I don't want to probably. Play. Well, hopefully a better storyline. From what I've heard, the storyline is you know far better than Final Fantasy VIII. It's just the the aesthetic I think feels Final Fantasy VIII ish. So you ride motorcycles yeah. and let's jump onto flying gardens. Yeah, I mean it's Maybe. it's kind of yeah. Sure. The hockey team is a zombie. <laughs> Wait, perfect. Did that happened. Yes, the hockey players were I, zombies. I feel like I forgot the that most random the enemy encounter ever. <laughs> That's probably the reason. <laughs> well, I think it seems that, <laughs> that <laughs> I think it seems like a pretty. I mean, I think it seems like a good idea that they're trying things out and not really all that new of a an idea. Really, it seems like they've always been doing this. It's just that now it's you can do it at the same sort of low risk level now on handhelds that is no longer possible on consoles, but once was. Um, one thing we haven't talked about, though, I think, is is all of the uh, the mobile games that have, that have been coming out. What do you guys well, do I, with them? I think, <laughs> do you fit them in? I, I think what I was about to say about that is... <laughs> Sorry. You know, I, I, think, I think if we... Uh, I think if we roll up all these games, we can certainly make a case right now that Square Enix is doing their best work on handheld platforms, uh, whether, you know, you like the remakes or you like these new IPs that they're trying. Um, 
you can certainly make that case already. But that is not the same thing as saying that everything they're doing on handheld devices is good. And I think that's really where the uh, the mobile play. <laughs> doggone <laughs> it! Uh, Stick with it. It's I, good. Yeah, I guess uh, almost there, well, Josh. Uh, some strange habit that I've picked up today only. You can't say that everything they're doing is good. I I would like to say, even though I haven't played it, uh, but you know, Final Fantasy Dimensions started on phones in Japan, and um, again, that seems to be, from what I've heard, a fairly classic, you know, top-down sprite-based Final Fantasy game that um, people who like those kinds of games seem to like pretty well. But at the same time, then you've got uh, games like All the Bravest that came out for uh, mobile devices. You've got um, things like Chaos Rings, which came out on iOS with a price point of $45. That's, yeah. you, you can't exactly call that kind of thing their best work. <laughs> you do have to call them out, uh, particularly with their mobile adventures on on the pricing front, because that's a... Uh, you, you feel like they're trying to get into this market and not totally getting it. There's a slight vibe of of kind of a grandpa who's trying to be cool about it. Invite your grandparents. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, firstly, in the, the kind of games that just cost $40 in a market where a game that costs $15 is surprisingly expensive. Um, and secondly, with things like All the Bravest, I mean, that really seemed like Let's microtransactions, basically, didn't it? All the money. Well, not not only was it uh, all microtransactions, you also couldn't necessarily buy the thing that you wanted to with each microtransaction. Yeah, it was just... a grab bag where you went to go oh buy a new God. character, and you would just get a random character from the set. Were you really at least guaranteed to get one that you didn't have before? You know, I was just wondering that myself when I said that, and I don't know the answer to it. Uh, my God, I hope so. Really seemed like uh, a very um, a cynical uh, cash grab, that one. Let's yeah, may- maybe one of our listeners was stupid enough to buy a bunch of stuff in this game, and they can tell us. I don't let's, know if let's any make of them it, were. <laughs> just, let's make it look like old-school Final Fantasy and make people spend money on it. My favorite thing about All the Bravest was that if you uh, didn't turn off a setting, it would, t- or maybe if you opted into it, I don't actually know, because I wouldn't download the friggin' thing, but um, it would it would be willing to uh, tweet out the fact that you have started playing All the Bravest, which seems to me just like painting a target on your back, because yeah. <laughs> you've, just, you've just tweeted publicly that you were dumb enough to download that game. Didn't that happen to Rubicon? Um, I'm pretty sure his Facebook was like now playing all the bravest. That yeah, maybe, maybe it does it on Facebook too. Obviously, uh, I'm more selective with my uh, Facebook friends, where he was the only one that was dumb enough to get the game uh, to, <laughs> to continue using that trope. But, um, but there seems yeah. to be a well, lot like that, and neither yeah, either some cases where they just don't seem to understand. I mean, I can understand if you've got a full game, if you know there's a lot involved there. Um, you know, it's a full story. Um, they've put a lot of work into developing it. I mean, handheld is a very great medium to play a single-player RPG. You're able to do it sort of on your commute. Well, if you're not driving yourself, you're able to do it easily on your own. So if they're taking advantage of that and making a, a very sort of full game, then I can understand giving it a, you know, a, a price that perhaps reflects that. But the problem is that 
that isn't the case for a lot of their titles. A, a lot of the ones they put out on mobile are just expensive and not much is going on. And then B, I think you really have to you have to really be able to make it stand out in a world where a lot of these mobile titles are very cheap and you can get a lot of enjoyment out of them. That's three of us. Join us, Neil. <laughs> Join us. No. <laughs> you have to remember that even with um, even if you are looking at a game having a lot of content, it still has to be priced within the realm of, of the other stuff on that platform. And they're yeah. just way out there at the minute. You have to take into account where you're releasing it and the quality of stuff around you. Uh, the example I've given before is, um, you know, Rockstar have released two of their PS2 GTAs on that. And, okay, they're old games and you might have played them before, but the amount of content in those is pretty phenomenal. And you get yeah. them for, what, $3 or so? Five at the most, probably. And when, as yeah. a consumer, you've got to be looking at, I can get this for $5, or I can get this for $45. And really, it's not that hard of a decision. I, I can kind of see where Squeenix are coming from with some of their price points. Because, you know, even on the remakes, you know, if you compare that price, you know, say that you don't have a PSP or a Vita or a DS or whatever, if the iOS platform is the only place where you can get these remakes and you want these remakes, you know, 15 to $20 for something like Final Fantasy Tactics or the uh, 3D version of Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 3. Some of the other ones are cheaper, I think. I, I want to say that Secret of Mana is like 8 bucks, maybe. Those prices in a vacuum aren't bad. But you're right, there's a, there's yeah. a matter of perception when you're getting you know a full GTA game uh, which I can't imagine would be any fun to play on a phone <laughs> yeah. unless you've got a controller like Tittles has. On a fine um, controller it is too. It definitely is uh, a little crazy when you compare it to you know what other people are doing with their remakes. But they've got to decide uh, but... who they're appealing to because, yeah, I mean, I don't want to discount people who are... You're obviously a big fan of Final Fantasy Tactics. A bunch of people who played it at the time are. But that's an ever-diminishing market of people who are around then and yeah. still into games. They can't keep going, people paid X for it and people like it, they will pay X for it now. <laughs> this kind of goes back to the whole point I make, with having to you know break new ground more as a whole with their console games. You can't keep relying on this historical fan base when generally uh, most people have moved on or weren't there to begin with, more to the point. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's right. There's there's a certain point where I mean, obviously you have to you have to be doing new things, and they're certainly doing a lot of that too. But it seems like their new stuff, like you were saying, they just haven't figured out how to how to make it work yet. They know how to port a mobile game and price it at a just amount so that people that are fans or that perhaps were interested but just didn't have the right console or whatever will be interested in playing it. But um, as far as a lot of the stuff that they've been trying new, they don't they don't have a sense of, of how to price it. And I think that's I mean, there's you could put out a really good game, but if you've got that forty two forty five dollar price sticker on it, nobody's gonna buy that. Yeah, and part of me thinks that, you know, when they did come out with a couple games that were doing that, it's almost like maybe they were doing that intentionally. Maybe they knew that it was going to get roundly reviled at that price, but they wanted to see how many units they'd ship anyway. Just just to kind of see. Because I don't, I don't think they've put out a game 
above twenty dollars in a few years. Uh, Chaos Rings and its sequel both came out at you know insanely high price points relative to everything yeah. else in the marketplace, and I don't think they've done that again at all since. So I don't know if they were doing that specifically or if they really were just that naive. Um, you could certainly make a case either direction, but uh, you know maybe maybe that was an experiment that they were willing to take the flack for well you might be able to what they what they learned from it god knows well and you might i mean i guess if under that view you could say the same thing about bravely default they couldn't have put a whole lot of work into that game (laughs) why do you say that i mean not bravely default i'm so sorry Um, there you um, go (laughs) not bravely default um all the bravest we were talking about all the bravest (laughs) there are too many brave games going on right now um (laughs) but just by the i mean it maybe i guess that was a trial run too I think idea. all the bravest is probably Square Enix's highest revenue per dollar invested. <laughs> yeah. game Seriously, you're right, and that's that, with only that is so people sad. having bought it. They only needed like one person to buy it to make back thousands, <laughs> thousands of percent amount of money that went into that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no accounting for taste. So there's got to be somebody out there that just thought, oh, this is great. I have to collect every single one of these. I mean, you know, people buy. You know, people spend stupid amounts of money on trying to collect stupid things. I, you know, I can look at my shelf and see the number of toys that I have on it that I spent too much money on for no good. Look reason. at the way EA is taking Plants vs Zombies too. You can't get to all the things without buying. Oh, I didn't think that was the case from what I'd seen. It's... I thought that you actually could do most things without it, but well, you just, you just said most. I haven't. I never got around to doing. Well, <laughs> I, I was I was hedging my bets. Huh. <laughs> I don't Ooh. actually know. They do. They seem if they are uneven. I guess if Square Enix is uneven on the DS, PSP, uh, just the sort of um, handheld proper area. If they're a bit uneven with their production there, I think we have to say that on on mobile they're kind of lost. It seems like any any elements that they might be doing well seem to be uh, overpowered by silly marketing slash pricing decisions. If nothing else, and I put a big asterisk by that, if nothing else, because it does seem like there are other things that they're doing wrong. So do you guys think then that what they're doing on the handhelds is their best work right now then? I would say... Well, I think you can kind of <laughs> guess what I'm going to say because I'm no massive fan of what they've been doing on consoles lately. Mm. Um, I think it's a good point you raised earlier about uh, how much easier it is to play stuff on on mobile, as in you can you know throw half an hour at it when you're on the train or whatever. And or, the hand, or handhelds in general, really. Yeah, I mean, you, you've often said to me, you know, I can't really criticize FF13 without playing it, but I don't have the time to sit here and play it in the evening. Yeah, it certainly doesn't stop you. Well, yeah, obviously. (laughs) I can only go based on reviews, and the reviews tell me I shouldn't be spending... Well, I don't have the time to spend on something I might not enjoy, but if I could try it... You're listening to Dell too much. If an increasing number of the gaming community are people who have a lot more time for handhelds than what they would for consoles, maybe it's a smart marketing strategy even to be producing... Yeah. Uh, more games on handheld because if somebody plays a Square Enix handheld and really likes it, that makes them probably more likely, I would assume, to give a Square Enix console game a chance when they're maybe only going to buy two console games in a year. Yeah, I I, I think so. But to go back to the, the the question of are they doing their best work? Um, well, I haven't really played much of either, but based on 
the sort of notion that they're doing more original and more varied work, and they're trying some some different and you know interesting concepts, then yeah, I would say they probably are doing the best work on handhelds because that's that's the way I would feel they need to be focusing. Sure. Anyone else? Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think DP doesn't even get that, and he's still offended. I love it. I thought you were just making fun of the way that I talk. Nope. No, it was um, well, it was Neil's yeah. boss from this uh, thing. Oh, okay, it's, I guess I feel a bit better about myself now. <laughs> Anytime anyone yeah. says "sure," I just I just think of him and going "sure" to every question. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, the last time uh, we streamed on Twitch, I believe Fiddles was harassing me for saying it that way. Sure. It's got to be a Midwest thing. <laughs> I will go next. I will say that... What? <laughs> uh, I, will I will go that... next, please, sir. Sure. Uh, sure. I will say that they are not doing their best work on handhelds. And I'm going to do that a little bit on a financial level because we've talked a bit about sales, but I'm actually looking at a list of sales and... Basically, the top ten for Square Enix or just Square. I think it's. I think it's including previous Square games, but none of them, unless possibly seven. Uh, Dragon Quest Eight. I have no idea what system that's on. Basically, everything here is console. Final Fantasy Thirteen uh, is number four all time for Square Enix. Dragon Quest Eight was a PS2 game. There you go. Right. So that's even better. I, I'm not looking at the same numbers that you're looking at right now, but it kind of begs the question: Are those weighted at all against the? cost of development because you know Squeenix is not going to release that kind of information and sure. you know that Final Fantasy 13 had cost an absolute fortune. Oh absolutely and I said that I mentioned that this is going to be a reason why they can only Oh yeah I, I was at a time um, <laughs> when it comes down to the quality of the game though I'm still going to stick to consoles I enjoyed Final Fantasy 13 I really enjoyed Final Fantasy 13 too I think it's really good that they're bringing back Kingdom Hearts to make Kingdom Hearts 3 on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, so, from I mean, I haven't played it myself. Final Fantasy XIV is getting really good reviews, at least the re-released one. And when it comes down to their original content on, on handheld systems, I'm looking forward to Bravely Default, and I love The World Ends With You, but everything else seems to be kind of a rehash. They're very fun, and they're very accessible, but I wouldn't call them their best work, given that if I'm calling them their best work, I have to also include that the console versions of those that came first are also their best work. Well, yeah, and I, I think that's uh, a pretty important point. You know, I think whether you really consider the handheld stuff to be the best, um, as MMB does in his thread, he is focusing mainly on those remakes. Right. So if you consider Squeenix's best work to have all taken place before 1997, then I think the answer in that case is obvious. Yes, their best work is coming out on handheld now. If you like all of the era of Square equally, or if you're one of those weirdos that prefers things from after 1997, you may not feel the same way. Uh, I guess that's why everything is subjective, <laughs> and all of this conversation is pointless. <laughs> I guess... To give my thoughts, I guess I'm, I'm a bit torn, because I guess I'm inclined more like Neil to say, I really enjoyed Final Fantasy XIII. I think that a huge part of this conversation, quite frankly... Um, can't be answered for one more year just because they've got, um, it seems like, three really big console releases that will be um, supposedly coming out in the next year. A couple of those games, Kingdom Hearts and 
Final Fantasy 15 are going to be directly incorporating some of that handheld stuff. But I think even from the games that we have to look at that have come out on the consoles, I still think they're doing, honestly, I think they're doing pretty decent work with that. But yeah, I guess I would say no to the question, are they doing their best work on handhelds? And maybe refrain from answering the question, are they doing their best work on console? Oh, you and your positive spin. I'm totally calling it that the Neil's sales list was Alan Analytics helped you with that, didn't he? I <laughs> totally. Yeah, I realized that I talked for a couple minutes there earlier and then didn't give your yeah. answer. Uh, yeah, because I and, wasn't you know, sure whether I should start saying something. <laughs> you, you guys, you guys know me. Uh, I kind of hedge on everything anyway. <laughs> and as somebody else that really enjoyed Final Fantasy thirteen, I would say that overall. I have to call it a wash because while I like uh, the stuff that I, well, and I have I have played and enjoyed the stuff on consoles, and I think that that work is easily on par. And I think that original work kind of has to take precedence over remake work. But at the same time, it really is the bulk of the stuff that they're putting out on handheld devices is their best work because it was their best work when it was created, and it was their best work when the next five sequels came out and the case of the Final Fantasy series, and it remains their best work. So if you want to look at it from that direction, yeah, I think you have to say that the best stuff is on handhelds because it's getting all this legacy best stuff, and then it's getting some pretty quality stuff that's new, too, like Theatrhythm and Twooey. And I, I don't want that to discount what I feel is some genuine quality that still comes out for consoles, and I hope you know continues to come out with Final Fantasy fifteen. But I do think that if you take the old stuff plus the new stuff, it is better on handhelds right now. Yeah. There's certainly no clear-cut winner. I, if you look at our conform thread, you definitely see that there's no uh, clear winner there. Uh, we have some absolutely dumb posts in that thread, just like we have in many of them. Some just uh, as we have dumb not, comments. Not to be specific. Just as we have some dumb comments in the concast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I'd like to think that the dumb comments in here are funny. Well, it likes that, that's probably right. Like we we so. we we find them funny. <laughs> well, yeah. So forget everybody else. I'm, I just, we're doing this for us. I, right? I just one other thing that can kind of I guess impact the way you look at this is I love mobile gaming because you can read on the devices too. <laughs> no, I don't like using e-readers. Do <laughs> 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 you love the smell of the pages and the leather bindings? <laughs> Anyhow, uh, just whether you have a preference for one or the other in the first place, because. I mean, like you were just saying, well, not just saying, but earlier, Tittles, that you don't really have time for consoles, that that handheld is a much more accessible manner for you to game, and well, well, that's uh, on the other hand, <laughs> I have a bit more of a bias with it. consoles, uh, uh, personally, that isn't quite um, at all uh, <laughs> very logical, necessarily, but that, I think, plays into it considerably, whether you like one side of that better or not. Sorry, Tittles. Uh. <laughs> I'm having a lot of time for GTA 5, to be fair, and that's on a console. It's partly the fact that if I've got something and I'm not sure, I'm going to really enjoy it. The thing with Final Fantasy is you have to be prepared to dedicate a lot of time to it to actually get into it, and I don't. Well, it it is hard to justify, you know, taking a game that doesn't drop you right in and grab you right away when there are so many new games coming out that probably will. With with gameplay... Shut up, Tills. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just hate it when I bring up the gameplay. 
Because, Imagine a game that plays like a game. Because because people <laughs> like the gameplay. Like the, it's like Imagine a game that you put the, into the console the and you press start. Imagine it plays like a game. We like the gameplay recently. We should be saying this in like the um in the scary door intro voice. <laughs> Imagine a game that you put into your console and when you press the start button, it plays. <laughs> Maybe there's some interaction between you and the computer. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going for long form Futurama references today. You've just started playing the scary game. That is that does seem to be the kind of game that at least mobile the mobile platform is more built towards though. Um you have to find some way to to work in that fact that Final Fantasy pick it up and play here's, quick. Here's here's a topic. Add this to the list of topics. Um why It's a shared document, you do it. You do it. Oh, but I don't do things. <laughs> Why don't Square Enix make zombie DLC for everything like everybody else does? Big hits for Final Fantasy VIII. What I would give for zombie vanille. That would be amazing. Venereal. Thanks for that contribution, Neil. I'm helping. (laughs) I'm helping you. Okay, so yeah, we've got you know probably close to an hour's worth of conversation on whether Squeenix are putting out their best games on handheld. The result? Inconclusive. <laughs> so we have just wasted your time, and you didn't find out until the end. Sucker! On the plus side, we only wasted your time once. We wasted our time twice. Thanks for listening again to the podcast. Something, something, CavesOfNarsh.com. Something, something, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Something, something, something. On the way out today, you're listening to Cactus Jack from the Final Fantasy VIII OST. Something, something, something. Something.